You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible in Matthew chapter 9. Now, we've been talking about the renewing of our minds, about rewriting our future, finding out how important our words are, because our words govern which seeds will be planted in our hearts. How we also have to be cautious about what we hear, who we spend time with, because any unchecked word will enter our hearts and will affect us, will grow as a tree. Something about the soil of your spirit. God has designed you for His purpose, to His glory, that when He speaks His word and you receive it, you will see His power and His glory manifesting. But that comes at a cost. That's why he says to keep honoring him. That's why he told Adam, don't go to alternative sources. You don't need the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I am your knowledge. I am your word. I am your life. I am your provision. I am your source. And day you choose to go to an alternative source, then you're going to land up in a cursed situation. And so... God understands that for you to be able to produce the kingdom, to have that manifestation of kingdom fruit, then that same soil is still available that if the wrong seed gets in there, it'll do the same job. It'll still produce what's in there. So it's vital, it's critical that we ensure, we make sure we get the right seed into our hearts. And that's why this church, this ministry is... Has, has an atmosphere, a flavor where God's called us to teach the word. It's good to have the power moving. We've seen that happen. We'll have it again. We've seen it so many times where God moves and he heals and he delivers. But if that's all we do whenever we meet is just have a move, have a move, have a move, have a move. How many of you know you can have a move on Sunday and be destroyed by Wednesday? Because if the mind's not renewed, what you may get the enemy is easily able to get it out of us if we don't correct the tree that's in us. And you've heard me say you can never receive beyond what you believe. And the belief doesn't happen when you're under the Spirit. That's the ignition. That's the presence of God. That's the anointing. That removes burdens, destroys yokes, and healing takes place. And, 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 and you see that. We've seen it so many times and we'll see it again. But it is vitally, vitally, vitally important that we are positioned accurately in order to receive the things from God. And it's very clear that God is not able, like people say, how do you know all things are possible for, for God? And yet his own word tells us, even though we say all things are possible, there are some things that God cannot do. I said there are some things that God cannot do. I always like to let that hang a bit, particularly for people who are stuck in some religious mindset. I just, I just want to trigger it so we can get that tree out. Oh, God can do anything. No, the Bible says he cannot lie. It doesn't say he prefers not to lie or, you know, he, he, in his character, he chooses not to lie. No, it says he cannot lie. Cannot is an impossibility word. That's why we've got to be cautious how we use it. You can't, God, the Bible says God can't lie. He cannot lie. Why? Because what comes out of his mouth happens. 
It's just his nature. He says something, it is. Amen. So if he said, wow, today's a Wednesday, amazing Wednesday, we must go reprint our calendars. It's the fact that he said it, it's now Wednesday. You can debate him if you like. No, he's God. He said it's Wednesday. The whole, everything shifts. Are you with me? So when he says something, even if you don't see it, if he said, look, there's a horse over there. By the time your eyes get there, there'll be a horse standing there because he, he, he wouldn't be lying. Why? Because when he sees something, it's already in the realm of the spirit. And by the time he speaks it, it manifests. So that's why God, that's why you can take his word to heart because he has to uphold himself by integrity. He's very, 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 very particular about what he says because he knows once he speaks it, it is, and he'll hold himself to it. He exalts his word higher than his name. And the fact that he said it, it has to be carried through. And so that's why when you see a promise in God's word, it's a done. It's a yes. It's an amen. That, that is settled. So there are some things that God cannot do. That's the point I'm making. The other thing he cannot do is work beyond your ability, your willingness, your belief to receive. He never ever forces himself. See, the enemy is he, he'll force people against their will. God will never do that. He's given you the will and you have the decision to make up wherever you want to go. Those people that want to go to hell, God will protect that decision. The Bible says God would have that none should perish. Isn't that it? His will is no one perishes. So why doesn't he just stand in the door of hell and say, no, 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 I'm keeping you out. No, it's everyone's right and decision. We each have been given a will. Why? Because once you choose to believe that, and receive that knowledge, that means that anything in line with the kingdom, if you choose to believe that, you immediately will see that manifest in your life. And that's God's plan for us to see that happening. And here you can see it confirmed in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Now, you notice how these guys were following him. He didn't stop and say, what is it that you want? They're calling out to him and they just, he just kept walking. That's just something to also leave hanging there. And so when they came to the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then, underline then, he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Now, if we have this idea that some people think is that Jesus could just do whatever he wanted because he's Jesus, this shows that that's not the case. Because if he just did whatever he wanted to do, he could have just said when they said, have mercy on us. Okay, yeah, receive your healing. He first finds out, do you believe? Do you believe? See, here's the thing. If he really wanted to, I suppose, you know, he could say, well, yes, I believe and, and, you know, heal them or just go ahead and heal them. But if they didn't believe it, by lunchtime, it would be gone. In order to keep what God gives you, you have to believe it belongs to you. In order to keep what God gives you, you have to believe it belongs to you. As long as we are 
mentally in agreement on the back foot wondering if this is really, is, is it really for me? Are you sure? Is this the right doctrine? Is the pastor being real to me? Is this, is this actually correct? As long as I'm in that place, you can go home feeling happy, feeling excited, but as long as we don't believe it, we won't receive it. What do I mean? Once you believe something, I won't be able to talk you out of it. That's why the word talks about thrown about by every wind of doctrine. So Pastor Allen says it. Sounds good. Everybody's amening. So I amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But then Tuesday, YouTube throws a video at me. And then by Wednesday, I, I don't even want to go to church anymore. What happened? It wasn't a belief. And the enemy will work with that. He will try and harp on that belief. If he notices that there's a doubt, he will make sure that that thing which you're believing for looks like it's not manifesting. And you know, a lot of what God does is underground. When seed's growing, you don't always see it right away. But it doesn't mean when you plant a seed for the first number of days, you don't see anything. Depending on the plant, there's some plants you don't see for years. Until eventually it's ready to come up and then boom, it comes out the ground. But it's already growing. But the enemy will point out, look, where's your bush? Where's your tree? You, you planted seed, so where is it? Where is your harvest? No, it's, it's working. But if, if he can time it right and get someone to put a question mark on what I'm believing for, and he get someone to talk me out of it, then I was never really convinced. So I have to get to the place where I believe. Where I believe, not just mentally agree, where I believe. And let me say it again because I'm going to work with it tonight. We have to get to the place where nobody can talk you out of what you believe in. No matter how much you criticize, no matter how much you are laughed at, mocked or scorned, you have to be the last person standing and saying, I believe. I made that decision a long time ago. I've had many people bring me all kinds of articles and CDs. And, I, you know, some of them are doing it to be critical. Others are doing it. They think they're helping me. Like when they tell me that healing's passed away, that, you know, uh, you can ask God, but it's in his will. You never know what God's going to do. And then I just look at that and I say, you're too late. Because I got so many testimonies of when, we made a choice to believe God for his word. And we took that based on the basis that, that if you take his word, choose to believe it, speak it, act as though it's already done, you will see it manifest. It's just happened way too often. Way too often. Amen. So if you want to debate coincidence, I had somebody once say to me, well, don't you think it's a coincidence? So when the sun comes up tomorrow morning, that's a coincidence. And then the second day. By the third day, you must realize the sun does come up. There's a law governing it. Isn't that right? You don't stand there wondering, I wonder the sun, if it's God's will, the sun will come up. No, God has built into his kingdom a system. And that system relies on us trusting him in his word so that the word can go to work. And when that word goes to work, it will always produce what he designed for that word to produce. But you notice it begins with, do you believe? Do you believe? 
Mark chapter 6 verse 1. He went out from there, came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had begun, had come, he began to teach. What did Jesus do? He began by, you notice he didn't just start by having a Holy Ghost outpouring meeting. He begins with teaching. Now there were many signs and wonders that followed Jesus. But you notice when he first arrives in town, he begins by teaching. Everybody say teaching. And then as a result of that, many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended with him. The man has a family, <laughs> and so there's a reason for offense. If this was some guy with an accent, it's amazing. Whenever we hear a foreign accent, we think the person's an expert. Hello. But this man, you grew up with us. We know you. Now you come in here blowing out all this information. Who do you think you really are? And the result is they are offended. They are offended. And Jesus said to them, a prophet's not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. That's a sad statement. That's a sad statement. Family, the enemy knows how to use familiarity to break your trust in the gifting God's placed in your midst. He knows how familiarity works. You, you've heard it. Even the secular world have a statement, never meet your hero. Have you heard that? People say, don't meet your heroes. You know what I mean. As long as they're a movie star on the screen and you have an image of this person and everybody wants to take photos with them, love them, until you meet them and then you see them in a, in a restaurant or whatever and then you find out the person's just obnox as obnoxious, maybe worse than anybody else. And all the person you thought was such a wonderful person, now you find out who they really are. So even the world has that. So they, there's this, there's this, for those that didn't know, there's a saying, never meet your hero. And I'm saying the kingdom of God, that is something we need to fight. Because if you're going to have, you know, Jesus is your greatest hero. And you want to be with him. But if you're not cautious, yeah, is Jesus your Lord, your Savior, who you trusting. How many of you wouldn't mind Jesus as your pastor, your own personal on the scene pastor? I don't mind you saying, I'll give him the mic. I'll go sit down. Are you with me? If he's here today in person, uh, I, and we say that. We say that because we're looking at him through the word. But yeah, people seeing him in person are offended. Not me, hallelujah. Uh-huh. When he spits in your eye. Because you had a little, I've got a pain over you. Come here. 
<laughs> Come on, Jesus, you put hands on him, you spit in my eye. <laughs> Amen. Next moment he, he says something and you come up with a revelation. And he says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> ah, I was trying to help you. <laughs> you see, when you get close to somebody, you can be challenged. Isn't that right? No one, no one walks with me. Except he eats my flesh and drinks my blood. Oh, really? And they, and they exit his life. Somewhere along the line, I am going to say something that the enemy will highlight and say, ah, 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 get out, get, you, you don't want to be, that's who he is, you don't want to be here. Now, how do you know that every single man of God, every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is a human in flesh that is continuously fighting the same way you are, the fight of faith. And I know none of you, many of you have never failed. And, and, and yet the pastor is also challenged from time to time. I know it's a tough thing to learn that your pastor is susceptible and can be tempted. Only Jesus was tempted in all things, yet without sin. We live by grace. We live by receiving the power and the anointing that if I do sin, I have the covenant right to confess that sin. And that wouldn't be there if I didn't ever sin. Then I wouldn't need Jesus. So when you get really close and you start to get into a discipleship environment, you're going to have to meet your hero. Are you with me? You're going to have to get into a disciple environment. And in that discipleship environment, somewhere along the line, that person may drop the cup, may slip up, may... No, but we're all walking by grace. We understand I'm not here to meet a perfect man. My pastor will admit it himself. And I'm not looking for that perfection because I'm looking for the Christ in him. I want to follow the Christ in in him imitate me as i imitate christ this other junk forget i did that oh i would never do that oh wonderful but the things i'm sure you do i would never do well we can still be friends i, I will still love you okay five amens i will still love you amen so we are reaching for the perfection of christ but it's a work in progress bump your name and say don't be fooled by what you see this is a work in progress. So be very cautious as you get close to someone that you don't allow familiarity to creep in because that familiarity can shut off the blessing. Notice this. They were offended. Familiarity kicked in. And what happened? Verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there. That familiarity blocked the power of God. Notice it didn't say he chose not to do. He could do no mighty work. It's a, in, in the original Greek, it's a negation. It's a double no. No, no work. That's how powerful that statement is. He, there was no ways he could do any work. Nothing. 
except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So obviously there were some that said, okay, all right. So, but the point I'm making is he was ready to demonstrate his power. Everywhere else he went, blind eyes were opening, deaf could hear, mute was speaking, demons were cast out. I would imagine, it doesn't say it yet, but this is just me knowing Jesus is, let me go home. I'm, I'm seeing all this wonderful work. I know some people at home that need this. And he comes home like, guys, look ya, I've got something. Let me give it to you. But they allowed the familiarity to stop that from manifesting. And so what was his response? Verse 6, he marveled because of their, their unbelief. It wasn't him. It wasn't his power that wasn't there. He had the powers there. But it was their unbelief. And the solution is he went about the villages in a circuit Teaching. Teaching. Hallelujah. He didn't say, come here, let me lay hands on you and prove to you. No. We need to renew our minds before we receive what God has available to us. Come and have a look at John chapter 60. Therefore, many of his disciples. Now, your homework's in the therefore. Go find out what therefore's therefore. When his disciples, say many of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? Now, it doesn't matter what he said yet because this is relevant to anything you hear. This is, what you just said, Pastor Alan, is difficult. It's hard to receive. But notice he says here, when Jesus knew in, his, in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you see Jesus taught from Mark chapter 4 how Satan works when the seed is sown the enemy is going to work and his primary attack is offense his primary attack because if he can get someone offended it shuts down everything else they're willing to receive Something can happen, right? At the, you may be sitting in a service and every single service, how you know God has you in mind and there is a word ready to deliver to you. But if he can get someone offended in me just saying, hello, how's everybody here today? And get them offended before I even get to turn to the first scripture, then they won't hear anything else coming up. So that offense is a very dangerous thing. It'll stop the word of God. It'll stop it from producing. And we saw that this morning. So I want you to see how often it shows up. Does this offend you? What then, if you see the Son of Man ascend where he has before, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. And they are life. Say that. The word of God is spirit. It's life to me. It's health to my flesh. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning, beginning who they were, who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I've said to you, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time... Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. This is Pastor Jesus. 
How many walked away? Pastors, if you're watching this on television and people left your church, that's not you. Now, if you do something stupid, then of course, but I'm not talking about, I'm talking, if you're preaching the word of God and people leave because of that, that's not the pastor's fault. Yeah, many people walked away from Jesus and walked with him no more. So Jesus turns to his staff. Do you also want to go away? Notice he didn't say, oh, no, no, those are the weirdos. Let them go. You guys stay now. Eh? No, he, he gives them the out. He gives them the opportunity. Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered, never. No, 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 not us. Is that what he said? Where will we go? There's no denial there. We're not going. In other words, they thought about it. They looked at alternatives. So they went to go check this church down the road. They went to go and check this synagogue. They went, and, and uh, but we found out uh, you, 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 the teacher. You, you got the words alive. No one else teaches like you. I don't want anyone staying just because there's not a better church somewhere else. You're not staying because the music's better. You're not staying because the times are better. You're not choosing somewhere because it's more convenient. We want the words of life. Things can happen. I may be given an opportunity for offense, but I'm choosing not to go. Not because there's not an alternative, because this is where God placed me. He put me where I'm going to receive words of life that are going to deliver me and put me in a place where I can receive what God has destined for me. And we have also come to believe and know you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, who said that? Peter. See, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he's asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Up to this point, he's never referred to himself anything other than the Son of Man, the Son of Adam. The descendant of Adam. And so he says, who are people saying I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And notice he doesn't even answer those statements. He says, but who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus to you? How do you see me? Who am I to you? When Moses was confronted by God in the wilderness at the burning bush and given his instruction to go and deliver Israel, he said, I'm a man of weak speech. Why would the Pharaoh listen to me? 
who am I to go? And I'm just going to walk in there and speak to the most powerful man on the planet and tell him, let my people go. Chances are he's executed other people for lesser things. Who do I say sent me? God says, tell him, I am sent you. And that's a strange name, isn't it? I am. Well, I am means always present, always there. Whatever you need, I am there. Every name that God has ever revealed himself with has been with you in mind. I am Jehovah Jireh, your providing God. I am Jehovah Raphael. I'm your healing God. I'm Jehovah Shammah. I'm always there with you. I am Jehovah Tzitkanu. I'm your righteousness. I am Jehovah Shalom. Do you want peace? I am. I am that I am. See, family of God, we cannot receive something unless we believe that's what God wants for us. He is what you need. Anything you could possibly need in your life, God in his present form in your life is that solution. Who do you say that I am? Because I can't meet you beyond that. Who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that he didn't get from man. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon, or Jonah, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My father who is in heaven. You got close enough to me to see who I really am. See, too many people worship the religious Jesus, the icon Jesus. The church of Jesus, the pulpit, the religion. But you're going to have to get close to him to know him. When you discover I'm not just the healing Jesus, I'm not just here as your heavenly slot machine. I'm not here that you throw a tithe in, pull the handle and boom, you're a millionaire. That's not why you're serving me. Who am I to you? I'm not your bank I am the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. He got close enough to Jesus that he got close enough to the father that he saw the nature of God revealed. You're the Christ. And he says, my father has revealed it to you. And I say to you, you are Peter. And on this rock... I will build my church on that revelation, the ability to hear from God and then know who I am. If you get close enough to me on that knowledge that I am the son of the living God, I will build my church and even hell cannot stop it. Hell cannot stop the church. I heard someone say the other day that, Christianity is dying. Christianity cannot die. The church cannot die. Hell cannot stop the church. What is dying, what has been dying, is people's respect and honor for God as Almighty Lord and becoming familiar 
with the Christ. That can happen. Individuals can lose honor for who Jesus is. But the church has never been stronger. It's growing stronger and stronger and stronger every single day. Why? There are people that still respect Jesus, still see him as the Christ. I will serve him. I don't care what I get out of him. He's got all these blessings. He's got all these promises. And I love to receive them. And I want to see them in life. And it's my responsibility that if he's put it, if he's died for it, I want it in my life. If it costs him, I want to receive it. But even if I never see another miracle in my life, he's still Christ. He's still Jesus. And he's still my Lord. And I will serve him until the day I take my last breath. No matter what happens. Yeah, but you said this would happen. Okay, so it didn't work in my life. That particular, I, there's not always, everything cannot always be explained. There's factors that I may not even be aware of. Enemy took his best shot. You heard me say it before. I will close my eyes even if, if I'm on the last breath. And that'll be when I'm done on the planet. But I don't know, I don't know how I'm going out. And I don't care to know. But even if it's something that's a challenge, I'll have my eyes closed, praising Jesus, believing Him for my healing, believing God. And like you probably heard me say it just recently, and then all of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder, and I open my eyes, and I mean, there's an angel. I'm in heaven. You mean I'm done? I'd rather go into heaven that way. How do you say amen to that? I'm going to, hey, God, how come I'm here now? <laughs> That's not going to happen in heaven. The moment you're there, you're going to be in that eternal life. But the moment you step over, you're into eternity. Amen. That's why, I, you know, depending on when people try and raise people from the dead and bring them back, that, that can happen. It has happened. But I, I personally believe why we don't see more of that, like why don't you just go raise everybody from the dead at the funeral? Because once they're there, they're not coming back. Let them pray. I'm done. Once I've seen heaven, who wants to go back? Amen. Okay, that's a whole other message. Point I'm making is hell cannot stop the church. Jesus, if you get a concept, an insight to who I really am, nothing can stop you. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Family, that is power in operation. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 12. After that, Jesus appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told the rest. But they did not believe them either. (laughs) These guys, they've got so much to believe for. And yet, yeah, after Jesus is raised from the dead, saying he's coming back, then these two come and say, we've seen him. I don't know. They didn't believe. And so verse 14, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and their Hardness of heart. These are guys that walked with Jesus for three years because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, listen to this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach 
the gospel. Preach the gospel. Tell people. Tell people. Teach the word of God. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Now listen to this. And these signs will follow those who believe. Not just the apostles. Not just Jesus. Let me see. Anybody believe here? These, keep that out. Say, Jesus said, these signs will follow me. What signs? In my name. In my name. If you believe I'm the Christ, the son of the living God, in my name, you will cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. If you drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt you. And you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, do you believe that? See, I made a choice to believe that. I know what it's like to lay hands on somebody. It happened to me. I, I prayed for them and they were dead in two days. Wow, I prayed they die. But I had to renew my mind because I don't know what happened. Were they healed? I believe they were. But remember, we're hitting a wall. I don't know. I don't, there's no name yet, so it's not criticizing anybody. But however it happened, something did happen. But I'm still going to believe Jesus. That the next person that comes along, I will lay hands on them again. And I will fully believe they're healed. They will recover. So, do I believe that? Yes. So I'll never speak Alternatively, there's no yes, buts, maybes, could be's, whatever's. No, I believe. And notice it says here, these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. Listen to this. Mark chapter 6. Remember we read from verse 1 to 6? Where Jesus had that problem at where people didn't accept him. Verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there. That work that he used in there is the Greek word dunamis. It's that mighty power. So the dunamis was in him. But he couldn't release the dunamis. Because of unbelief. How many of you believe? Keep that hand up. Say, I do believe the word of God. And he said, if I believe, that same dunamis will flow. Same power. I choose to believe. And as I believe, I lay hands on the sick. Look at that hand. Say, this hand has the power of God flowing through it. When I lay hands on the sick, God's power, the dunamis power of God flows out me. Through this hand into the person. And Jesus said, they will recover. They will recover. They will recover. I believe that in Jesus' name. You believe that? Heavenly of God, it is time to make a quality decision that we choose to believe. All things are possible with God. Amen. You get something tonight? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for his word. Let's stand together.
Now, these things are not just for church buildings. It's for you and me to take out into the marketplace. If you see someone hurting, someone struggling, go to them, not on the hope that you can maybe try and convince them in something. No, you go with the power of God in you. Knowing that if you lay hands on someone, they will recover. Amen. And family God, that is a demonstration power of God. I've prayed for many people and seen the results. And for many, that is what draws them to Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this living word. And I just pray for each and every person here tonight. That Lord, whatever has hindered us from believing is removed. Every lie, every Bad experience, everything contrary to your word is removed. Those trees are taken out in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the full dunamis, the full power of God manifests in each and everyone's life in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that we are a church that where we go, we will see the power of God demonstrated. We will see lives transformed because of your living word. And Lord, we choose to believe. We believe in you. We believe you are the Christ. Say that I believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. I receive his full power in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Give Jesus praise. Give Jesus praise.